Hey, what's good, people? We're between Christmas. We're between the New Year's. We're between split screens. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. Get ready. Episode starts right now. Yo, Sunday was a fun day. Mondays are usually miserable for people, but Mondays are not miserable for us, okay? Especially when we decide to pre-record Sports Debate Tuesday. What's up, people? Along with my man, say it with me, Rob, keep it, McLean, McLean. I'm your host with the most. I'm Jason DeBellis, and we're going to close out the year with kind of a year in review and then some, and then just some fun topics, some basic topics, a trail a little quick question. This this episode might go fast like, like wildfire or like quick question. It might be the longest segment. But first things first, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And, you know, we try to avoid topics like this. We're just trying to talk about sports, but when it, but when it, when it comes to us, you know, right, we got to do what we got to do, Bobby. So... Um, the new variant um, has continued to hit everyone in different ways. But for us, um, we're just going to highlight the sports um, section of this. The NBA has as many as 200 players on health safety protocol during a season. Bowl games have been canceled for not having enough players to play. And as recent as, as the last two weeks, the Rams had 23 players on protocol. That's half the half the 53-man roster, or almost half. And the entire Bears secondary suffered the same um, fate. So the question is, how long do we think we're going to see mass protocols like this? Um, and from a medical or social, medical or socioeconomic perspective, that's how we're going to tackle this answer. All right. Neither one of us are doctors, but uh, I think on a basic level, I will just say it like this. You don't I'm going to go first. You don't need a, to be a chef to know how to make steak, okay? So here's what we know about the medical part. We know that Omicron is much more contagious, but uh, as far as symptoms, are not, not as severe as Delta. We know that it spreads among everybody. That includes the vaccinated or the non-vaccinated. So, my, um, so that's the medical part. So now we can get that out of the way. We could talk about the socioeconomical part because... Uh, popular, contrary to popular belief, doctors are not, um, this is where doctors are not qualified, or scientists are not qualified to speak about it, <laughs> okay? Um, right? How it affects people's b- b- uh, book bag or or their rent and all that stuff. But from the sports perspective, I think it's going to go relatively fast. I think the stronger the variant like this and the, the uh, less severe the symptoms are and, and the more contagious it is, the more we can achieve something that a lot of scientists probably thought we should have went through the the first time herd immunity herd immunity was not uh, going to happen in, in the united states of america because we don't leave people behind right like if you remember general motors they got remember uh, they were going to go bankrupt we stopped them from getting bankrupt all the finance people said look let them go bankrupt and they hit the reset button and then they'll be fine you know and, and they'll rebound but they didn't do that because all of those people would have lost their jobs so it was really about leaving trying not to leave everybody behind particularly the uh uh comorbidities, particularly the immunocompromised. So so it's one of those things where to answer the question, and we're going to breeze through this one really, really quick, or, or on my side I am, I think it's going to go by re- relatively quick. And, and science um, also dictates that once you have a virus, it's very, very, very difficult to get reinfected. Um, I, know th- I know there are sources that say that you can get reinfected, but th- they're not really telling you the the likelihood of getting reinfected there are cases this is this is weird because it's maybe it's something that stays in your system for a long time or maybe it doesn't but 
Um, I think we'll get through this relatively quick, and I think it's going to be between now and the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, just talking about you know the, the effect it has on, let's say, the sports that are affected by COVID right now. I, just staying in that realm. Absolutely. I, I think the issue comes to the uh, quality and the integrity of the game. You know, um, I was joking about this before about, you know, the, the NFL referees strike. When that happened, we were really going to see the importance and the necessity of referees. And we really did. I mean, there was game-changing rules at that time because there were calls that maybe when you, you've been in that situation, more you can make. The same things with these with these players. I mean, you can lose maybe five guys and still create a quality game, but you're not going to be at your top strength. That means you're not going to be your best quality of play. And that means that, you know, by the end of the year, you're losing games or you're playing in a tougher situation than you could have been in if you're playing with your, your full roster for the whole year. So I think at the end of the day, and a lot of that does fall into the coaches and the GMs as well, you know, for player selection and, and longevity and, and, and versatility. So. I just think that at the end of the day, it's going to put a lot of strain, especially monetarily on the leagues, because now you got to sign. If you're going to continue not canceling games, you're going to have to continue signing these 10 day contracts. You know, eventually the money goes out. If you're still playing the players that you, you sign these big contracts with, eventually there's not going to be enough money to go around the league, but you know, that's just what's going to happen. I feel like this may go quickly, but, um, it just shows that we're not really capable of, of, of withstanding that, that spread. Um, the NDA bubble was fantastic. Yeah. We kind of, no positive test. Zero, zero positive, 354 players, zero positive test. Right. You know, and because that was a little too constraining for players, it it wasn't a thing after, uh, after that season. But I think that's, you know, maybe something that a lot of the leagues have to think about going back to, um, I mean, it still created games, it still created content, and uh, it was great quality, you know, a little bit of mix and match leagues, but it was it was fun to watch. Um, yeah. And it kind of set the precedent, like, you know, health and safety really does come first. You know, we're looking forward to a different process. So I think it depends really how, how, how things shake out. I mean, the last two weeks has changed a lot. Um, yeah. And I think exponentially. You know, I can't look I can't look a week or two weeks in the future and say, Oh, this will happen for sure. It'll get better. It'll get worse. So, I mean, if it goes the same as it's been going, you know, I think there needs to be at least the, it needs to float on the table of not canceling the season, but postponing the season, you know, until that all like most teams at least have a quality roster to go. Cause what's happened in Chicago, that's, that's, you know, that, that season has to be, you know, postponed honestly i mean this, you're not even playing with nfl players at this point you're playing with practice players and guys you're pulling off a free agency so yeah it's, it's tough to see and uh, i think they have a big a uh, large challenge in front of them you know whether it's just to like they said they're going to shorten the, the amount of time it takes for players to come back now i mean I, I would understand that if they're if the tests the test you know testing positive was low uh but to to kind of full reversal on your idea of trying to be health and safety to go and, uh, you know, make it shorter for the amount of time somebody takes back after they get a positive test. I mean, that's just a little nearsighted, I'd say. But, hey, we'll see what happens in a week or two if things get more strict. 
I think we'll know a bigger difference. Yeah, and and my, for our audience, mind you, we're we're not we're talking about the general blanket of safety protocols, right? A lot of people that are, that are on these safety protocols most likely are not infected. They were probably exposed to someone who was. They have to they they have this countdown to days or whatever and this and that. Um, and in light of the fact that, um, like like the first forty three cases, like in Houston. Uh, um, of hospitalizations, like 26 of them were vaccinated. It's just, it's just one of those things where, then that was Delta. That was, I, I mean, it's crazy because the stat didn't say if it was Delta or, or the Omicron or whatever. But, but it's one of those things where I think if the players showed some, showed a little bit more discipline, not create a bubble. They don't have to do a Disney bubble for this. If you got friends, don't see them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, if you got, you know, um, and if you got to be away from your families for a little bit, boo fucking who, okay? There are people who are serving in military boot camp, right? That have to be away from their families for eight years, eight, eight weeks, all right? AIT can be as long as four months. That's after boot camp. So you can go as long as six months, almost a year without even seeing your family. Uh, and in, in, in this technology where back in the day when I served, you, you had to write letters, you know what I'm saying? And, and a phone call, like, you know what I'm saying? Like 10 phone calls that cost you 600 bucks. I mean, dude, I mean, if people feel that way, stop calling them gladiators in the arena. <laughs> stop calling them gladiators in the arena. Because right? <laughs> that, that, those are those are, those are gladiators in the arena. They're wusses, all right? Yeah, I said it. So it's one of those things where, like you said, they have a choice to make. If it's something they want to shut down because they need to be with their family, shut it down. Fine. We'll watch Horse for another four months, which is going to kill me. It's going to, you know, it still hasn't killed this show. This show survived that. This show got, this show had more views during COVID than without. I can't even believe that, dude. You know, yeah. not, I mean, for the two people on YouTube, thank you so much for your support. But, but iTunes, Spotify, like, you know what I'm saying? Like Facebook, boom, we just killing it. So, but I like that. I think I left the door a little too far open just for humorous purposes and bam, that door shut. What do you say, kid? Um, sure thing, sure thing. All right, let's talk a little football. Let's talk about the people who are on the court, okay? Um, on the field, that is. So, topic two, NFL. Only a couple of weeks to go. On a side note, my Buffalo Bills came through, man, against New England. Uh, it got so bad, good. even I didn't pick them to win. Even I didn't pick my own team to win, but you, but what's his name? Uh, um, our guy last week, man, said have a little faith. He says when you saw the, when you actually look at the losses, those were games that they could have won. The Colts, yeah, look, the Colts were a barbecue. All right, boom. But that Patriots game, they got stopped on downs to go ahead. Uh, uh, um, Tampa yeah. Bay. I mean, the refs could have just got a four-man team and carried Brady's ass into the end zone. Just lift him up. Hut, 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 hut. So anyway, right. <laughs> look, a lot of chitter-chatter. This is, this is the time of, of the year where people start talking about who's the most valuable player, right? Who's the best offensive player? Who's the best offensive rookie? Who's the best child's apprentice, right? But we're going we're gonna to consolidate it to one thing. That's MVP. And maybe at the end, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll play with the rookie thing because I think you and me could have fun with that. So, Rob, you lead the dance. Right now, who is the front runner for NFL's most valuable player? I mean, it, this one's always easy because no one's going to pick anybody else but a quarterback. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, pretty easy. Um, and, you know, I think the only thing that's going to knock him off is if the writers or the people that are voting just don't want him up there because of the controversy he created this year. And I think that's the only way at this point that he'd, he'd get knocked off. And it's not that he's having a statistically great year. I mean, he is having a great year, but he's not 
doing maybe his best or his best year. But, uh, you know, he's he's just done it at the right times. You know, every time they've had a bad game, he's come right back with a great game. And that's been all year long. There really hasn't been any lulls. Um, so you, you can't really take it away from him. He's been the front runner since, since the beginning. And, uh, you know, he's been dominating. So I, it's kind of hard to say otherwise. But I, I know there's a couple great options out there. And, uh, you know, I think Tom Grady's been great, playing great as well. But there's been a couple of lulls where whether his team wasn't healthy or he didn't perform or, you know, he's had a couple of letdowns. So, and I understand that he's a little older. You know, it happens. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been playing, playing that ball. You know, you're right. Unless there's somebody whose numbers are just astronomically good where they deserve consideration, it usually goes to a quarterback. And everyone cites as a pretext, he's the first guy to take the snap. He's the most important position. That is absolute garbage, all right? The center is the one that takes the, the first snap. Um, I like your pick. It's not mine. But I like your pick because Rodgers – He's always the first one to get all this credit when his team wins. And then when he loses, it's always someone else's fault. But you never hear him say that. That man goes up on Front Street, with, with the exception of maybe one time last year. He's on Front Street, and he owns up all his losses, you know? And he doesn't make excuses for lack of receivers. He doesn't make excuses for lack of an offensive line. He doesn't make excuses when his defense is giving up a whole bunch of points. Uh, Brady doesn't either, and that's why I like that two-man race for, for MVP as far as quarterback is concerned. But my MVP is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the only way I would actually pick somebody over a quarterback is if their numbers... Um, show that they dictate how fast or slow they want the pace of the game to go that supersedes or trumps their quarterback is worthy of MVP um, contention. He ain't going to get it. I know it. You know it. But I, I got I to gotta, I gotta roll off these numbers. So far, he's got 1,600 yards rushing. And he's still got two more games to go. He has 300 yards receiving, which pretty much puts him, if you take the six and change and three and change, it's 1,626. Um, and I think it's like 378 or something like that. He already has close to, if not already passed, two, surpassed 2,000 total yards. He has 17 touchdowns rushing, um, two touchdowns receiving. That's 19 games, 19 total, with still two more games to go. And we both know, as good as Carson Wentz has been playing and as well coached as that defense is, that man is the X factor in them winning these very, very important games, particularly the one this weekend. Um, who we, I don't even remember who they, they beat, but I know you got that pick, right? I think all three of us got that pick, right? Me, you, me, you in front mm -hmm. of Kari. And they also beat the Patriots. And they also, I mean, they had some really, really quality wins where you didn't pick them to, to even have a winning season because of their quality of competition. It's really, really tough. So um, not mad at your pick, and I know you're not mad at mine. Not a chance. I love John Taylor. I think he's yeah. having a great year. And yeah. to think that he's 1,600 yards, He's two two games away from trying to break the record, but that record was broken seventeen games. So, oh, I know. That's tough. Listen, these seventeen game seasons, you're gonna kiss some of these regular season records goodbye. And and any of them that still exist after this is just a testament to how boss those guys who set the record were to begin with. They should just have an ast asterisk, you know. Anybody, mm -hmm. at, you know, done in eighteen games, you know, and because it's just. Yeah, it's tough to, to it's tough to uh, accept. Yeah, look, yeah. I think Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers could tell everybody to kiss their asterisk. <laughs> oh, sure. by the way, um, Matt Lafleur, 
is the only coach in that franchise that have he's the first coach to have um 12 or more wins in his first three seasons you know the quarterback has a lot to do with it but we both know McCarthy or someone else could have gone another way or with three consecutive whatever so got to give this guy his credit you know what I'm saying and don't they just seem more disciplined don't uh, yeah. they're not giving up these ridiculous big plays you know what I'm saying I the think, running back is not there's no negative yardage sorry go ahead no I would just say that I think they've done a great job at not only drafting but of of uh you know how do you say it of um you know making their talent you know creating their talent from the players that they've drafted or the yep. players they picked up and man they've i mean aj Dillon. i mean i thought he was great coming out of you know out of college but he looks like some you know a different player now for sean gary you know he looks solid coming out of college really athletic yep. player but the skill set my gosh yeah i mean it's just like we can go down the list of, of players that they've really um you know made into nfl players um and almost NFL superstars. I mean, Rashawn Gary's right up there. I think he's going to be pro ball next year. And, uh, yeah, uh, Rasul Douglas, they picked him up off a of practice squad. I mean, that defense is totally retooled, and I, I think there's no one else that you have to thank for that other than uh, – what's his name? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, exactly how many times are we going to say, what's his name? We just <laughs> – I couldn't even yeah. remember our guest last week. <laughs> no, but you're right, dude. Look – uh, uh, retrospectively, everyone's gonna be right. Look when they look back at something, right? Like so far, love is the only the only mistake they had. I mean, at some point, you need you need you know. I mean, you got Rogers talking about how he don't want to hang. He don't know if he want to play. If he want to hang out, of course you're gonna draft a quarterback. So they did what they had to do. But but right now, it seems like love was the uh, um still right. The book's not closed on him, but. No. Seems like the only the only one that they still have questions about because there's no questions about all those other guys. Those guys are performing, and right now they're That's at twelve true. and three. You got the other three uh, first place teams in, at eleven and four, um, dying for them to lose. I mean, well, right now the Rams took first from Arizona, so Arizona. I don't know how the Rams uh, work out if they're tied with um, Aaron Rodgers, but I know if Arizona finishes first, um, Aaron Rodgers owns that head to head because they beat them. Remember, if you remember that Thursday night game. Um, yep. You you picked, by the way. Speaking of picks, we're going to pick six. Our man, Mark mm-hmm. Fornicari, who's a repeat offender who did, who um, challenged the host twice and finished tied twice. He was four and two. Rob McLean, you were four and two. And you are catching up with me and you are catching up with the host. My total record is 43 and 33. Um, yours is 42 and 34. You're one game behind me. And the guests are still ahead, 46 and 28. Um, there was one tire there, but we're not. We're just not gonna. We're just gonna. That's, we're not gonna count ties. Come on, that tie. That tie is just a throwaway. All right. What do you say about that? I like. I like it. Yeah. All right. So let's go to game one. We got the Chiefs visiting the Bengals. I think it's gonna be a great game, though. I think it's gonna be a great game. Um, but I, I have the Chiefs for sure. Making yeah. safe picks this week. Well, you know what I say? Dirty deeds, the done dirt chief. <laughs> Dirty deeds, the done dirt chief. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals, this dude threw for 529 yards, broke Boomer Esiason's record at 490 that he did in 1990 for the Bengals. And this guy can light up the scoreboard, but 
I think Fonakari said it last week, man. He's like, they can do, they can beat, they can be world beaters one week and, and then leave you scratching your head. And we can't say that about the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Winners of eight straight, they've been consistent. And the team that was last place, we were wondering they were going to make the playoffs six games ago or eight games ago, are now in sole possession of first. I got the Chiefs. Um, Dolphins at Titans. I'm going to go first on this one. I know the Titans have a lot at stake, and I know they're well coached, but this team plays really, really good for Flores, and they're a second-half team, and they're not playing for his job or anything. They just they just like playing for the guy. He's a player's coach, and he still has respect, and I know they had some stupid, uncharacteristic losses, particularly the Jacksonville Jaguars in London, but I have no reason to pick them. Not over the Titans, but I am. I'm going, I'm going Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Titans. I just think that for all the reasons that you said are good about the Titans, you know, they're well, they're well coached. This mm-hmm. game matters for them. And, you know, they may get Derrick Henry back, you know, if they make it far enough in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's just a little, you know, a little nugget to, you know, look forward to at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I just think they're playing good inspired football. And the Dolphins are exactly what we were just talking about with the Bengals, like, one week they're gonna do great. The next week you don't know because they just took they just put all their marbles into the bag to win the last week's game, but the last four weeks. So some week you're gonna to have to have a let off, you know, a letdown. And their letdowns are big letdowns. So I just think it's Good not Lord. their year this year. But I really like what the future looks like for the Dolphins. So I'm gonna to have to go with the Titans this this week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I get it. I mean, I'm giving you a chance to catch up and <laughs> pass me. Uh, Broncos at Chargers. Uh, that game is in, L- in L.A. Uh, Rob, you go first on this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chargers, tough loss last week. Um, I just think they're going to come back and, and, you know, do right by themselves like the other L.A. team did, you know, for the last two, three weeks. And, uh, yeah, I just – feel like the Chargers are a bit more, uh, you know, talented than, than the Broncos. And uh, the Broncos are still just searching for their quarterback. And uh, they got a great defense. They have a really nice run game. They're just, damn, they need a quarterback. So I'm about to go with the Chargers in this one. I'm going to go with the Chargers too. And I, um, last week was a very uncharacteristic loss for a team that's on, um, um, on in the playoff hunt. Basically, um, out of the wild card situation, looking in with two games left. I mean, this is a very winnable game with the Broncos. Next week is the Raiders. Also, a winnable game if they win two. If they win both, they'll be ten and seven, and they really gotta hope someone's gonna lose. And I think maybe a quick question: we're gonna we're gonna determine which team can drop if this team has a good chance of getting in. Um, so I go Chargers. Um, cards: Arizona Cardinals versus the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna go first on this one. Cowboys are yo, they're they're. They're, they're rolling on all cylinders. Uh, special teams looks good. Defense looks tremendously good. And the defense, more often than not, for like I think for like seven of those 11 wins, the defense has been more of a factor than the offense is. But when the offense is going, when Zeke, Cabo Zeke feels good, when Cabo Zeke feels like Dallas Cowboy Zeke, uh, that receiving core is like Mike, almost like Michael Irvin and, and Harper worthy. I mean, that's blasphemy, of course, uh, but I'm a prisoner of the moment because that's that's how they've been looking like in the, these sporadic periods. There is concerns that they, they can still drop games to the Broncos and Raiders, but they seem to be up for, this is not a game that they're, gonna, they're looking past. You know, they seem to lose games like looking past someone, you know? Broncos, you look past loss. Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. So 
Um, Cowboys. The cards are rolling, right? I mean, the cards are, are just, I mean, I don't know what the hell's wrong with them right now, but I can't pick them over the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this is going to be a, a, a usual Cowboy game where they're going to get their fans excited, beating one of the teams with one of the best records in the NFL. Um, and, you know, that team's down a, a top wide receiver. You know, Kyler Murray had been injured for two weeks ago. He came back. He's doing okay, you know, but it takes time to get uh, matriculated back to the game time. So I honestly think this game could be a lot closer because I, I believe the Cardinals, they play up with their opponent and they play down with their opponent. So they're going to play well against a good team because they know it's coming and they can give it back just as well. But, um, you know, the Cowboys are going to be a little bit too much. I agree with you. Their defense is going to have is always going to be spectacular because they just got talent on there. That's what you need on defense. You need talent and you need fillers. You got people that can do their job and other people that can sack the quarterback, you know, that can get to the quarterback, that can stop the run. I mean, once you got front four, front seven, correct, it's pretty hard to stop. So for me, Cowboys are going to win this game. But, again, it's just going to be a big let up. You know, they're going to keep winning. These games are supposed to win. Um, and when it comes down to it, because in the in the playoffs you don't win next week, you win this week, and that's it. So when it comes to that moment, is we're gonna see what the Cowboys are really about. Yeah, there's also something at stake, right? I mean, they're one game behind Green Bay. You know, mm-hmm. Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay's gonna drop it though. They got the Vikings and the Lions. They're just not. You know, Vikings what I mean? play them tough every year, <laughs> and they I did beat them. The <laughs> you yep. mean the team that gave them one of the three losses, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I can see that, but again, you know, statistically, most teams don't beat the teams twice in a season. You mm-hmm. know, it's just they usually split. It's really hard to uh, beat a team, especially in your division, mm-hmm. two times in the same year. So, well, let's explore that one. Let's go Vikings <laughs> and Packers. Um, you go first on this one. Vikings visiting Green Bay. Did they get their yeah, revenge so, game back? or Just like I said, I, I think that it's very difficult to beat uh, a team twice, especially in your division, two times the same year. Um, but, yeah, just like I think the Vikings or I think the Cardinals are falling off, I think the Vikings have fallen – have really fallen off where, you know, they lost to the Lions. They won the next week to kind of bring themselves back. But then they're just – they don't have that, that – that swagger they don't know how to like reignite themselves so justin jefferson i mean he's one of the best receivers in the league it seems like he's you know non-existent almost over there um dalvin cook one of the best running backs in the league a little bit of injury a little bit of non-use you know it's just not really working out for them so i'm gonna have to go with this great defense for the packers and this great offensive quarterback that knows how to put the ball in the end zone so that's gonna have to be uh the packs this week packers Mm-hmm. Next game, <laughs> Monday night game. We got the Browns visiting. Well, who who you got? Who you got? Packers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's easy. Um, <laughs> you just. Look, I, don't know. I could you, sit there and say all the same damn things you just said, but that don't seem. I'm, I'm not. I, I like your point was so valid. Me repeating it found seems like I'm diluting it, man. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got a good mic drop and I got to shut the f up, man. And you got to hey, give me credit for the one time I'm I did that you. in the history of this show <laughs> that I didn't follow yeah. up with what you said. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's gonna be a good game, though. I'll give you that. It's gonna be a good game. <laughs> Yep. That's the game to watch this week. <laughs> it's so weird. That's the first time I ever did that. Packers. That's it? <laughs> Rob said it. Sure. Um, Browns yeah, and Steelers. Yeah. Monday night game. Um, 
I have I have the courage of my convictions. I'm going to go Steelers on this one. I think that they will probably finish eight eight and one. Right now, I think they're seven seven and one. And this is a home game. They're still playing for Big Ben. Big Ben announced this is his last season of the year. Uh, um, his last season. He's probably he's probably going to most likely going to retire after this. And I think these two games are definitely going to be win one for the Gipper type thing. You know, and I, um. If for that on principle alone, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is still playing good ball. I don't know what situation right now, but it seems like they seem to galvanize more when he's out because they, they maybe they get together and they're like, okay, guys, Watt is out. Okay, does that matter? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's pretty freaking good. <laughs> but that's what makes him good. They don't say he does. it doesn't matter if he's gone. They realize that and, and, and they know everyone's got to level up. And I think they'll level up against Cleveland. I just feel bad Roethlisberger got to deal with this dude um, who's that linebacker for Cleveland has been like his worst nightmare. He's been a conference nightmare. Miles Garrett? Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, close. I'm going Pitt. Yeah, I mean, again, this always we should always just have like an asterisk on on uh, some of these games. Like if this goes, you know, more than five people go into COVID protocol, it don't count. Because at this point with Cleveland, you just don't even know. That's what makes you it don't fun. don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna go with Cleveland because mm-hmm. if they ever actually get everybody back, I, I think that they're a much more talented team and, and they just have a reason to win this game more than the, than the Steelers do. So I'm gonna go with the Browns in this one. Yeah, well for me, a win is a win is a win. When Connor broke his ankle, I'm like, dude, I'm still giving that to Dustin Poirier. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I take the money, but I don't know if I put it on my record. <laughs> That was like the story I heard of this guy. This guy um, was listed as someone that died uh, with, the the word is die of COVID or die with COVID, right? There's a difference between dying of COVID and dying with. This dude got shot in the police investigation and he was listed as a COVID-related death. And I'm like, well, if he didn't have COVID, he would have (laughs) ducked. He would have gotten the hell out of the way. Maybe he was was too sick to duck. But um, <laughs> that was in Australia. That's actually a real story. It's it's an outlier. It's a unicorn. But I thought I thought that was hilarious. You know, <laughs> same thing with old age, right? You get hit by a car at seventy two. <laughs> That's natural causes. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you I were guess. younger, um, you would have gotten the hell out of the way. <laughs> all right. So I'm plugging up our next topic. Because you know what I'm all about when it comes to this. This is my favorite episode. This is my favorite topic in the episode, should I say. Uh, Very special way we're going to do this. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is to shame. Or not to shame. 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 All right, reconfiguring my men. Let's do this and that. There's our clock. There's my man Rob McLean. Rob, um, we're gonna do a shame to shame or not to shame in a different format this week. Basically, I'll say it like this: As the UFC wrapped up their last show, they have been terrific this year in making sure fantasy matches do not escape the fans. They, the fans have asked, and more often than not, the last few years they have delivered, and they did that the year before that. And which is crazy because these both of these years were COVID years, right? I mean, it's they they it seemed like they leveled up when everybody else had to shut down, and I'm very very impressed with them. So, in the spirit of this thread, 
uh, or on this topic, we're going to go to straight shame. It's a shame, Rob. What match did you want to see in mixed martial arts? But it's a shame that it never happened. Um, so I'm going to give you the floor first. Which match? Uh, and this you can go as back as far as you want. Because COVID, I mean, there's a lot of things that didn't happen, even though we, I got everything I wanted. I got Komar and Kobe twice. I got, you know, Masvidal got his rematch because that first one he took last minute. So to shame or not to shame, it's a shame that we never got to see this go. Um, I mean, yeah, we, uh, we were talking before. I think Tony and, and, uh, and, and Khabib are, are always funny because it took five or six fights and it never happened. Uh, and the last time it never happened was because Tony tripped over a, a, a rope or a, or an electrical wire at a studio and like had to catch his balance and it just his knee blew out. I mean, I, I don't know if they don't want to fight each other or if they just, you know, are just trying to make some money. But that, that always seemed really funny to me where, um, yeah, that just that never happened. Um, but I got. One other two, I feel like uh, we, we all kind of missed out on the uh, the rematch of, or the, I guess it, I should say the third fight of uh, the Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo. I think that would have been an amazing trilogy, and uh, I don't think that DJ should have gone anywhere. I think he should have been right here at the best league in the, in the world and gotten treated and paid the right way, you know. Um, and, and what do you get for helping, you know, Henry Cejudo get to the top? He traded. Well, I like that. So, Rob, I'd like to revisit that Demetrius Johnson thing you were talking about at the end of this thread, but I want to uh, answer the question first because in the spirit of the 60 seconds, I'm going to get banged for my buck. I want people to know who Gina Carano was. Gina Carano was undefeated in strike force. She was 145, and before this whole Ronda Rousey thing blew up in the UFC and Dana took a chance when he never said, he never said, never, ever, ever women would be in MMA, and it turned out to be one of his biggest stars, second to only Conor McGregor at that time. So with that being said, she was fighting at 145 pounds before she went to 135, and Gina Carano is now an action movie star, and it was all the it was Mandalorian or whatever, and this and that. A kick-ass MMA fighter had nasty slick submissions had a, had a mean right hand carried her weight really really well and i remember they were on twitter saying ronda was like i would love to fight you that would be that would have been or would be such a cool fight even though ronda would never in her wildest dreams would want to fight chris cyborg which which is a match that a lot of people wanted to see so that was my other match it's crazy that both of them are women women's matches but rob um I find it bizarre that ronda was willing to fight gina but wasn't willing to fight cyborg who was still an active fighter but Gina did fight Cyborg, and Cyborg took her down, and Cyborg had to escape submissions twice. And the only thing anyone remembers is that Cyborg beat beat the living hell out of her with ten seconds left, and beat the you know beat the clock for the finish. So that's a match. Um, guys, go on YouTube. You know, ladies, whatever, or ladies and guys, go on YouTube. Gina Carano versus Chris Cyborg. Very exciting match. It's just. You, it was electric because you thought Cyborg was going to just beat her up. And this this girl, had a, she had nasty slick submissions on her back. She had a nasty right hand, she, and she stood in the pocket with her. So, um, yeah, I wanted to see the Cyborg and, and Rousey. That's second, but first was Cyborg. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Rousey and Carano. To two action stars, right? They're doing films. They, they're, they're, they're. You know what I'm saying? Their, their elevation out of off the out of the octagon game is leveled up. It'd be, it'd be, 
I mean, if there's any celebrity fight I want to see, I don't want to see no fucking YouTube guy no more, dude. But getting back yeah. to what you were talking about, finishing that off, I didn't like that. I didn't like that because Demetrius Johnson beat Cejudo with a with a um a liver punch. Finish first round, the first time. Second second fight, people forget. Oh, he beat Demetrius. He beat Demetrius. That was a split decision that I take mm -hmm. to to my grave. I thought that Demetrius won that. I know. Cejudo finished strong at the end, but I thought Demetrius won one, one, two, and three. I thought he won the first three rounds, you know, and he should have gotten his rematch. But Dana, I don't know why Dana didn't. I mean, I don't think he would. He went out of his way to promote Demetrius Johnson. I think a lot of it was about fighter pay. Was yep. that uh, Demetrius had a lot of side, uh, <clears throat> a lot of side endorsements, and I'm sure that Dana wasn't trying to pay him top flight money. Where he's like, I'm getting more money, you know, on my own than you're paying me to fight. And I'm also propping up your, the only, I'm the only person in that weight division for like five years that was propping up that weight division. Yeah. And you're going to just speed this guy up to me. And, and he wasn't allowed to, and Xbox, he lost a deal with Xbox because yeah. of Reebok. Yeah. Remember, he was like this big gamer, and Xbox was giving him a, giving him some cheddar cheese because he was he wasn't just a big gamer. <laughs> he was good. He was a professional. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So, and maybe I'm biased too. About fighter pay. But maybe I'm biased too because I happen to like that guy. You know, excuse the shit out of me, guys, for somebody that's respectful, that treats everybody with class, that shakes your hand, that picks you up when you when you're done, and you and and is classy in and outside of the octagon. Sorry that, you know. That there weren't enough douchebags to worship at 125, and we know Cejudo. That's an act, you know. When Cejudo did what I he mean, he had to do, and I gotta credit Cejudo too, because when they sent TJ down to 125 to basically cancel the division, Cejudo sent him back up with him and his steroids. So I'm mm -hmm. not I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the person they gave they gave prom queen to. I'm mad at the no. I'm, I'm mad at the the voters, right? I'm not mad at the prom queen who's Cejudo. I'm just mad at the voters. Right, I'm, I'm not mad at the player. I'm mad at the game. So, um, and that's all I got to say about that. But let's move on to our next topic. This is Rob's favorite topic, ladies and gentlemen. I bring you quick question. Rob, keep it, McLean. McLean. Quick question. Which champion has the best chance of keeping his belt for the year of 2022? Um, which champion has the best? I would say, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, Nagano ain't going to get stopped by nobody. I would like to see how Gain fights against him, but I, I just don't see anybody really taking him out unless they take him down and he's got some great defense so i'd say nagano i yeah. think gain is the toughest one he's gonna have to face he gets through gain i think I, then all of a sudden you know that fact changes so in my opinion but i'm not going with him i'm going with kamara usman i i think the only person that was even remotely close is someone who he's, he's already beaten twice and it's going to be a while before before they have a loser loser division match before a trilogy with hey, they got he's got some fights coming up he's got to fight leon he's got to fight yeah. Bilal. 
and he's got to fight um, uh, Shemaev at some time. I can't time. wait till he fights Shemaev because Shemaev mm-hmm. talked his way, one, but talked his way into this match, and I'm telling you, Kamaru's going to be ready for that. Kamaru well, is I, not I, one of these guys that's laying in his bed being like, oh, it's hard well, to get out of bed when you have a, a $2 million in the bank, you know? Go ahead, sorry. I just think that Usman has to keep finding his own intrinsic, right. uh, intrinsic, you know, uh, energy. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of it had been for a long time that I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And now he's in a position to do something else with that. And you can't keep proving people wrong when there's not that many people to prove wrong. Agreed. And I think that's that's what I feel like with the, you know, with the interviews and the conversations, what you really get from it is the fighter's psyche. If they're truly confident about what they're doing and if they're, you know, changing their game and evolving their game, or are they just trying to do the same thing over and over again? It's not a bad thing, but it can be game plan. You know, somebody can come in and make Dominic Cruz look like, you know, a toddler, you know, but then that guy's going to get knocked out for the next five fights, you know, and that's Cody Gobran. You know, he, he, he made Dominic Cruz the best footwork in the world look like a second class fighter by just game planning what he needed to do. That's why it's like, yes, I think, Usman is going to have some great fights coming up, but I don't think he's going to come out of all these fights on top. I mean, Leon is a different type of a fighter. You know, he wants to stand, and that is he going to make Kamaru Usman come yeah. to the ground and change his style? I mean, Chimaev can, can can stand too, and then Bilal is going to take him down. Let's see who 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 wins that battle. You know, it's, it's going to be good. Let me tell you something. We both gave each other answers where we could at least debate, right? We mm-hmm. did it the hard way because if we really wanted to do it the easy way, we would have just picked Valentina Shevchenko and, and then just right. moved on with the next great question. Let's be real. Oh, oh, oh. Valentina, we love you. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, all right, quick question. Who do we think is the first one we think is going to lose? I'm going to go first on this one. Lose that belt. I think it's Aljamain Sterling. I think Jermaine Sterling is, is is a is a really good starter, but Peter Young is really good at weathering storms. And and Aljamain was ahead in that fight, but you you definitely saw momentum before he won by DQ. And even though they're both champions, right? Um, I think Aljamain's going to lose his first. Who you got? We're, I mean, respectfully. I'm not. We're not trying to like criticize. As far as that gladiators in the arena shit, Rob. If there's anything that's close to being called that, these guys, uh, more you know, unarmed combat, these are guys I'm gonna call gladiators in the arena because I'm I'm sick of that fucking speech. You know what? I think it's gonna be Adesanya, and I think the problem is is because Jan Blahovich kind of blew up his 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 uh, his deals. If you can, and I'm not saying it's easy, but if you can get him on his back, he's kind of like a fish out of the water. And again, I'm, I'm not saying he can't you know, fight off his back, but he's not dangerous off his back. You know, he's not dangerous getting back to his feet and hurting you getting back to his feet. So I think that, you know, uh, Whitaker, who again is a brilliant fighter, loves to game plan, loves to figure out ways to have a, for his fighter, uh, to have an advantage against his fighter. I think that's going to be a great fight. And I really do believe that Whitaker is going to work hard to get that takedown and start to early on in the fight try to you know put some damage and put some some miles on his cardio so we'll, we'll see i think that's going to be a great fight and i think uh he adesanya will be the next to lose his belt because he has a glaring hole he's got a glaring hole it's strange that neither one of us picked glover Teixeira. it's I, I think it's because all of the good fighters have moved up or retired like anyone i thought was capable of beating them anthony rumble johnson daniel cormier john jones um 
I picked Blachowicz to beat him and made liars out of everybody. I forgot how slick that guy is on stand. I mean, as far as complete fighters, right? How many fights has he won by submission or knockout? You know, um, Gustafson. I think the big thing there is exactly what you're talking about is uh, that division's a little weaker now. Probably the weakest division in the UFC right now. Which is crazy, you know, thinking back. But I think (laughs) John Jones, you know, for a long time kind of, you know, hid that division's, you know, toughness where he's that mainstay guy and and Cormier almost had to come down to him to, to, to give him a challenger. Yeah, I think, and again, that's, an amazing weight class because it's there's so much room for uh great athletic fighters yep. you know there's look out you can have the height and this and and the and the size but you can still have a little bit shorter and, and tougher and, and stockier you know light heavyweight is probably the toughest division i i would think of you know um so yeah i i think that's uh just a really a, a division that's ripe to have some great competitors but yeah right now it's pretty thin yeah. Um, all right. Last, a quick question. It's the last MMA question. Um, this was tough for me, but um, I, I'd like to go first on this one again. Who do you not want to see fight anymore for health reasons? Um, just people getting uh, knocked out too much. I know like a more obvious pick with some people would be Cody Garbrandt because they're prisoners at the moment. I'm going to go Frankie Edgar. Uh, Frankie's already fought in three divisions. He already has one belt. He's already competed twice for featherweight. He's already been in the in the, in the title picture for this. Three weight classes. Um, there's part of me that doesn't want to see him like taint his legacy by continuing to lose, right? Like what we saw BJ Penn because of the fan in me. Yeah, uh, uh, for him, right, he's only been like finished once or twice. I mean, he had that brutal knockout against um, um, who's the cat from Redondo Beach uh, that fought for the title. Um, fought Volkanovski. No, for Dominic West is two oh five. Oh, Vulcan Oh, um, one forty five. Ortega. Ortega. Yeah. Ortega. Ortega. I fucking saw that guy that at Hennessy's the other week. I can't even remember the name. So, yeah, I, I as if the fan in me, the biased fan in me, doesn't want to see him fight again and just leave. He, he does. He's gone through a great career without sustaining a lot of damage. He's rattled. He's got his brains rattled a couple of matches, and I don't want to see him. I mean, I want to see him be able to read to his kids. How about you? Did I did I say yeah, yours I for mean, you in the beginning? No, I mean uh, just to piggyback. Yeah, I mean I, I was definitely Frankie Edgar is definitely on my list just because I think it's he's actually in that situation where he he's taken a couple of rumbles, but he has he's always been like in great cardio, great shape, and he's been able to withstand those. A machine, Brian. A little different. I would have to agree with you. This is almost like uh, I can't now. I can't remember his name. Uh, Brandon the the. Um, the MMA announcer guy now. Um, Vera, Brandon Vera? To, maybe. Uh, oh, no. Does, oh, oh, I know. Brandon Shop. Yeah. You know, where great fighter, you know, but just there's something that's not there. I feel like Brian is an amazing teacher. You know, he's an amazing person. There's so much more for him to give outside of the sport. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that he can't fight, but. This my issue is the same thing with him is the same thing with Ronda Rousey. Why I would tell her to get out of the sport very quickly is because one, there's huge holes in your game. Yeah, Brian did look good with his mid range, you know, yeah. striking, but he still had no kicks. He still yeah. has no clinch. He you mean you were talking it. about Brandon Shaw, right? The heavyweight? No, I'm talking about Ortega right now. Oh, but Brian there, Ortega, the yeah. Sim- yeah. The similarities between them are mm-hmm. very, very like very uh, close because you know Shaw. It's not that you want to say he can't fight, but he can't fight at that level. 
And Brian, you know, I think he's got an amazing uh, ability to coach, to, to, to interact with the environment and the community outside of the sport. Um, yeah, but it just like when you look at the tape, um, he doesn't have the hands to stop somebody, you know, or at least back them up. You know, he doesn't kick. Wasn't uh, a brutal. I mean, he what, just like his, his two t- strikes. Like his two title yeah. fights, uh, the first one against Max Holloway, he took a lot of fucking damage, dude. A lot of. And then and lot. then Volkanovski. Volkanovski, you could. A lot of damage. There was a case that fight could have been stopped. Easily on both those occasions, and yeah. the only reason they weren't is because of his style of fighting. Yeah. That he consistently did the same thing. He it reminded me of uh, Chris Mutina against uh, 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 what's his name, Sean O'Malley. You oh, know, yeah. where that guy literally just kept walking into the dude. Like, that cat with guy. the green hair, right? Yep. It's like, that's just, and Sean even talking about it, he's like, yo, this, is, this guy just kept walking into my shot. So what am I not going to do? Am I going to not hit him? You know, like. Is that <laughs> a strategy to like, to, like yeah, break my hand I, with his face? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, with the Brian Ortega, I think it's a great choice. I would also say Frankie Edgar because that would be my choice. And that I've, I love, I love his fighting. I love him fighting. And I don't think it was ever a problem him fighting until maybe a year or two ago, kind of like with Diego Sanchez. Just you could see them deteriorate, their file, their fight style deteriorating a little bit. Their bodies start to not hold that conditioning as much. Um, yeah, Frank Yeager, Brian Ortega, thank goodness. Two good picks, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and Brian, I mean, show me a guy with a lot of heart. I'm, I'll show you someone I could destroy for an hour straight. That's that's it's, He can't keep taking that damage for the sake of just being a man and having heart, man. I, we respect that, right? That little Mexican thing Absolutely. that he got going on. And you got a Mexican against a Hawaiian? That's a wash, dude, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, I mean, the last ahead. thing on that, though, is like, again, I don't say I think Brian could do it, and mm-hmm. I think he has made adjustments. But again, if you're not going to involve your takedowns and your uh, jujitsu and your Triangle City nickname i mean why are you even in there that's what you want to do to somebody get them on the ground wrangle them up and then use your your ability to to stand with them when you need to but yeah the way that he's fighting right now is just it's scary like i know it's gonna hurt him a lot sooner than it is later yeah brian man come on the podcast let's talk about it dude um quick question did you find the jets against the jaguars a fun game you know what? I did. Um, I did because, and this is my issue with a lot of the um, scores that I see, is that if your team is outmanned and, and, and underskilled, then that's the way the game should look every single week. But there's no reason that two bad teams or two lower-level teams shouldn't have an exciting and uh, a fun and a close game. It should never be a blowout. And if it is, that should be not investigated, but you know, we should have like quality control with some of these football games, basketball games, and saying, at least questioning, you know, the owners or the, the the team management. Like, yo, are you doing your job? You know? Yeah, for me, um, yes. I say yes. There's nothing more fun than watching two teams with nothing to lose and everything the game go at it. That was fun. Quick question Who is the best NBA team that no one is talking about? I'll go first on this one. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, 20 and 13. Love's doing some good things there. They hit uh, 14 threes the other night. <coughs> Monza Cavs. That's the quick question. Who's yours? Um, off the top of my head, I'd have to say um, the uh, Sacramento Kings. 
Okay. I think they've been playing some really good inspired <clears throat> basketball for the first time in God knows how long. And, uh, you know, regardless of last game the other night, they've been playing some good ball. All right, quick question. Let's pick some NCAA Bulls uh, uh, championship semis, okay? We got Michigan against Georgia. If Georgia plays, uh, I'm going to probably go with, I don't know, they've only lost one game this year and it's been Alabama, but I don't know, Michigan looks good, so I'm going to go with Michigan. I'm going with Michigan. I'm going with Michigan, either by forfeit or or by straight up. (laughs) Um, Bama against Cincinnati. Oh, um... Cincinnati's undefeated, but man, they're about to get rolled by the tide, dude. They really Roll are. Tide. You know, tide. The part of me hopes I'm wrong. I mean, you know, you, we saw a lot. Look, we saw a lot of conferences do a lot of out of the normal shit, right? Look at look at women's sure. volleyball. You had two Big Ten teams beat two ACC teams in the semis. So, and one of those ACC teams were uh, uh, um, Louisville was undefeated. So. Um, you know, look, back when I grew up, right, uh, women's volleyball, you saw, you always saw a West Coast team there, right? Or, sure. or a Pac-10 or a Big Big Ten or a Big West. I mean, big, uh, a Big West or something like that or WCC. No one, no one to be found. They couldn't even sniff the Sweet, sweet 16. Uh, the UCLA was the last one to go. Oh, BYU was. Um, quick question. Who will be the number one seed for the AFC? Tell me. Boom. Who is it? Uh... I'll go um, first, Kansas Chiefs. City Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. <laughs> How about the number one seed for the NFC? Ah, uh, I mean, Packers probably. They win one, Packers. They win one out of these two, and they, they will. Lions, Vikings, they'll win. Um, which, quick question, which team on the outside looking in has the best shot to get in the playoffs? Um, for me, I would say the Chargers because the Ravens are in trouble. The Ravens have the Rams nick this week, and they have the Steelers to, to finish their season. Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, let me see if I can give you a picture. I mean, honestly, I feel like the Browns really have a chance. You know, if they could get healthy, you know, they're right there. I feel like they, they really could sneak in. You Who is know, it? But uh, we'll see. The Browns. You said the Browns? Actually, yeah. let's. um. Let's see if we, I could do a playoff picture here. Standings. Oh my God, they don't. They're not gonna give me one. All right, fine. Yeah. Freaking mobile devices. Let's just take a quick look at the AFC though. I think the Patriots are nine and six. They'll get in. Buffalo and New England. They're gonna get in together. Look where the Chargers are. Look where the Raiders are. Look at the Ravens in deep trouble, dude. Browns are all the way at the bottom. Yeah, Ravens are uh, close. I mean, it's crazy that the Bengals are going to win that division. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Yeah, I mean, I would love the Browns to come through, but it would take probably a whole lot of things to happen. I mean, yeah, Chargers for sure. Um, And Ravens, I mean, I I don't know how they're still in it, but um, they definitely could, could make a run. Yep. All right, so that's the end of Quick Question. But before we go i'm gonna have a blog called uh, mad props monday it's gonna be like a written thing so the beginning of new year's um every week on monday i'm gonna give a shout out to people who are then in my wheelhouse which is the sport of beach volleyball slash indoor volleyball in that order uh or sometimes just figures who are more popular out of the nba like last week remember damian lillard really cool thing said hi to that kid that had that sign like all i wanted for christmas is uh 
I don't know, like a picture with Dame or something like that. That was really cool, man. That kid was frozen. You see, he was frozen. <laughs> so I'm not. I was gonna do a Mad Props Monday, but I want to save mine for next week. So before we go, I think this week I gotta say the same thing Rob says every week. Um, stay happy, stay healthy. Good, good. Stay happy, stay healthy, y'all. Oh, I thought you were gonna say get your own shit. <laughs> It's like, Jay, I only got this one thing to say. You can't let me say it. <laughs> I did an eight mile on you, Eminem. <laughs> so, um, all right. So for everybody at home, for everybody on their iPads and everyone on their mobile device, everyone on their desktops, for Rob, keep it. McLean, McLean, I'm Jason DeBiss, Sports Debate Tuesday. Love y'all to pieces. Peace out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.